That's it. Are you ready? I'm going to launch this sucker. Here we go. Welcome to part six of the Resurrection Life sermon series. It's a a message series that uh, I felt God lay on my heart just before Easter. I was uh, reading a particular passage in in, uh, getting ready for the Easter series of messages that... um, I needed to do, and I felt God just speak to me about uh, a resurrection life out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Now, just for your information, there are sermon notes available for this morning's message. Uh, so if you don't have any uh, sermon notes, if you can let us know, we'll certainly get some into your hands. Our wonderful hosts uh, can uh, give those out. That would be fantastic. <clears throat> but uh, I felt that God speak to me out of this, uh, this passage, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. It says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. I ask myself, what sort of life did we actually get? What sort of life have we been born to or raised into? And I believe that there are some keys that we can take out of this uh, as we progress through life that God's given us so much more and so much uh, of an increase in our lives that uh, we can see some amazing things happen. And it's that life that I want to lead into, uh, how we achieve that life, how we get that life, what that life looks like. Uh, And I think that we can start to understand that uh, when anything God does, God does uh, above and beyond anything that we would normally expect. You know, I mean, I said during worship that, you know, there's these people, they, they walk around this town that's got this massive, great big wall surrounding it. On this wall, you could drive chariots. They used to have chariot races around the top of this wall. And, and you know, who, who'd have thought that just walking around this town and, and singing could see those walls come down and defeat the city? Uh, it's just how God works. Uh, who, who'd have thought that a, a young man with a sling uh, could take down a giant? just the amazing thing about God. Have you ever thought about what God could do with you? That's what the resurrection life's about. It's taking something, someone, and doing something extraordinary and supernatural with their lives. And that's what I believe that God wants to do with our lives, with the resurrection life. It's about him doing something amazing. No, I don't believe we, we, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, I, I never imagined how amazing my life could be marrying Jane. I, I couldn't have ever imagined the, the amount of love and acceptance that I've had or the amount of strength that we've shared together. You know, being married to Jane is like nothing I've imagined possible. But even as much as uh, and as good as that is, being married to Jane, experiencing the love of God and walking in his forgiveness, being filled with and led by his Holy Spirit, is like a life that has no comparison. A life lived with Jesus is, is something that just continues to get better and better and stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper the longer that we, we, we walk with God. Heavenly Father, wake us up this morning, I just pray. Lord, I I pray for your Holy Spirit. 
I pray that you'd speak through us, that you'd speak through me, that the words that would come alive in people's hearts and spirits, uh, and that you'd touch us in a powerful way, that you'd help us to see revelation. You'd see how you want us to live, how you want us to be filled with the good things that you have of your kingdom. And I pray that you just do an incredible work in us, in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Amen? Amen. So using the word life, I've thought of some things that... um, would help us to understand the sort of resurrection life that God wants us to have. So life, L-I-F-E, is living in faith every day. It's living in freedom every day. It's living in fruitfulness every day. And this morning we're going to look at living in fullness every day. Because I believe that God wants us to live full lives. Not full of the world, but full of Him. Not full of the things that the people around about us say, but full of what God says about our lives. Because I believe that God wants us to live a life of fullness every day and everywhere. I remember years ago, we went to a, a restaurant. Uh, anyone remember Sizzler? Great. great. Oh, I love that cheese bread. I mean, can you remember that cheese bread? How, my goodness. Uh, that was a meal in itself. But we went into this, and it was like all you could eat today. I don't know what it was, but we went in there, and uh, I. T- I trust me, I can eat a lot. Okay, um, this this I challenge myself a lot of times in in competitive stuff, and I was competing with the chef. I thought, man, you're going to give me everything to eat. I'm going to get my money's worth. And I ate. I t- I came out of there full. I mean, did I mention that I was full? I was full. I got in my car, and like it only just did back up. I'm thinking I put on two foot worth of stomach here. It wasn't until I got home that I realized that the seatbelt was trapped in the door. I thought, man, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly glad I hadn't grown that much, you know. But I was full, absolutely full. I believe God, that's the sort of life God wants us to live. Satisfied and completely uh, full of, of him and his goodness and, and his grace. I believe that he wants us to be full of him. Romans 15, verse 13, and Sharon shared this during communion. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we're full of joy, everyone knows it. I watched the royal wedding yesterday. And the thousands upon thousands of people cheering and, 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 you know, just having, you knew that there was joy in the house. I'm not sure that the royal family ever heard a message like that man preached before. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I'm going, you go, bro. You go. I thought that was a rip snorter. Man, go. He had his iPad out and, oh, man, I, he was good. He was, he was right on the money, I'll tell you. That was great. And I'm thinking, they're looking at each other. And they who is this guy? You know, but, and he preached, preached a great message about the love of God. Wow. Fantastic. I was just tempted to show that this morning and think that was the message for the today. <laughs> it was great. Don't need to do anything. Else. When we're full of peace, everyone knows about it. You're relaxed. You're chilled. Uh, you're chillaxed. Not my word, someone made that up. I thought it was a good word, chillaxed. A mixing of chilled and relaxed. You know it. I'm pretty chillaxed right now, actually. I'm, I'm pretty cool. That's cool. There's an absence of tension, anxiety or stress, you know. 
Living in fullness every day is about allowing God, I believe, to overflow our lives. To overflow means that we're more than full. I'm not sure if you realize that. See, I'm scientific. I know this stuff. Okay, you get a cup of water and you fill it right to the brim, that's full. But when it overflows, it's more than full. Okay? You're glad you came just for that. Whew. Overflowing means our capacity has been reached, its limit has, has been achieved, and now there's an overflow. How good would it be to, to be so full of God that we couldn't contain His blessing and favor, His love and His grace, His abundance and His freedom, that the people around about us actually benefited from us being full and overflowing with the power and the presence of God? How different would our community be if if the the Christians that that were living in it actually believed what the Bible said about being full and overflowing with the blessing and the love of God? How different would it be in our schools and in our workplaces? How different would our prisons be? Jesus wants our lives to overflow. John 10.10 tells me that. I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full Till it overflows. That's the God sort of life that that Jesus wants us to have. The Passion Translation says it this way. My desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. You know, it's great to think that we're going to get blessed by God. But God wants to give us more than we actually expect. But sometimes we've got a, 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 a... our barriers up, our limitations up, and we say, no, that's too much, that's too much. No, God wants to give you more. That's the nature of God. He's a generous God. He didn't send Jesus just so that you could survive. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive in life. He wants you to flourish. And everyone around about you knows that you're flourishing or whether you're just surviving. I've only just made it to this week. Wouldn't believe how bad my week was, and I've only just made it to this point. I've only just got to church. Give me a break. And I'm not trying to diminish what you've gone through. Some of you are going through some horrific things. But you know what? Our God's bigger than what you're going through. He's got the answer, He's got the solution to what you need. The challenge that you have before you is nothing compared to Him. Don't tell me how big your challenge is. Help. Tell me how big your God is. You might have a mountain, but I'll tell you what, when you get to the, to the top of that mountain, you've got the view before you. It's going to be an amazing view. And God's right there with you. And I'll tell you what, God's right in the valley with us as well. I'll get wound up in a minute. See, this is the deal. God wants us to be so full. He, he doesn't want us just to have just enough, okay? Jesus wants us to have and live an abundant life that he offers, more than we ever expected. He wants our lives to overflow so that others can see him in us. He wants our lives to overflow so that others can experience for themselves his goodness. He wants our lives to overflow so that others can have an opportunity to experience his life as their life and, in live, and live in complete union with Christ. So how do we live in fullness every day? Number one, I I really believe that we must fully believe in and accept all that Jesus has done for us. It's just connecting yourself with the author of life. It's connecting ourselves with the one who's paid it all. It's connecting ourselves with one who knows what the bottom line is and he's got the check that covers it. 
Oh, come on, church. Look, ch- touch your neighbor and say, wake up in Jesus' name. You're, like you're sleeping through the best sermon you've ever heard. It's, it's, it, this is the whole message of the gospel. The gospel. Let me, let me, let me just paint the, the picture of the gospel using the word gospel. Now, you're, you're going to have to get the message and download it because I forgot to put the, the answers for this bit in there for you. So you're just going to have to suck it up and, and just get ready for it. Here we go. So, G, gospel. God created us to be with him. O of gospel is our sins separate us from God. This is the gospel message, by the way. So S is sins cannot be removed by good works or deeds. P is paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. The E is everyone who believes in and trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. And L is life with Jesus starts now and it lasts for eternity. That is the gospel message. In the nutshell, baby. Get the notes afterwards. Praise God. <clears throat> John 3.16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world. Everyone thinks God, God's there to judge him. There comes a day of judgment, but Jesus didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. That's the message that people need to hear, that there's forgiveness for sins. Living in fullness every day starts and ends with believing in all that Jesus did. Romans 5 verse 17, For if by the one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. In other words, the first part of it, you know, like everyone died, but when we believe in Jesus, we'll have an abundance of life. That's what we're going to reign in life, as kings, some versions say. Have you believed in and trusted in the finished work of Jesus? Romans 10 verses 9 to 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's by believing in your heart you're made right with God and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. That's how you get saved. You just believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth. Because out of the heart the mouth speaks. There's an overflow. Have you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead? Have you said out loud that Jesus is Lord? If you're comfortable to do that, why not try that right now? Jesus is Lord. Oh, actually, Jesus is Lord. Oh, no, hang on. Jesus is Lord. I won't take that any further. It's by believing in our heart that we're made right with God. And it's by the simple confession of our mouth that we are saved. Living in fullness every day starts and ends with trusting in Jesus, walking with him. So how do we develop that trust and walking with Jesus? I actually believe that it's by being filled with his word. The word of God. The word of God. Not the No Idea magazine. Have you ever wondered why they call it the Woman's Day? I mean, they expect you to read that thing in a day. How come it's weekly then? Oh, Woman's Weekly. How come it it comes out every month? (laughs) Unrealistic expectation, that's what I'm saying. 
Word of God. Well, I don't know where that came from, but I'm having fun. Are you okay to have fun in church this morning? Are you okay with that? Okay, good. Excellent. Otherwise, I love you anyway. Let the message about Jesus, the Word of God, fill our lives. Paul says, let the message about Jesus fill us. Colossians 3.16, this is why he says it. He says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your life. You can always tell when a movie hero impacts us or our kids. We can't stop, you know, hearing about what they did or what they said in that movie. You know, it's, it's where we hear our, our, our hero's words coming out of our mouths or our kids' mouths, you know. In fact, we can tell a person's era by the movie hero that they quote. Okay? In the not, people in their 20s, so they're 20 years old, roughly about that age, uh, Batman, why so serious? You know, that's, that's what the Joker says, you know, Heath Ledger. People say that. Then there's the people who are in their 40s. May the force be with you. People in their 60s. Heroes looking at you, kid. Casablanca. Okay? People in their 80s. You ready for this? Ready? Ready? Lassie, come home. Men love this quote. The guys love this quote. Okay, see if you can f- figure the movie that comes out of. I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> the Godfather. And for the ladies, this is, see if you can pick this movie. Frankly, my dear. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a... <clears throat> Gone with the wind. Well done, girls and boys. <laughs> That's my hero right there. (laughs) We quote these movies because it's fun. The movies have impacted us and touched us. And here's the thing. There's nothing in those words other than a memory of a good time or a good movie. However, the word of God has life. It's powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God speaks, is alive, and full of power. It's making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. See, this is why we need to be filled with the word of God, church. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's alive, it's active, it's powerful. When we choose to use God's word to live our lives by, we are accessing the wisdom and the counsel of God in our lives. The same wisdom that created life on this planet and throughout the known galaxies and universes. This is the access that we have when we start to repeat the word that God has. You know, we, 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 when was the last time we faced a crisis and the Word of God overflowed out of us because we were filled with the Word of God? Or did we naturally just go to, to the common denominator of what the world says? John 1.4, you need to get this one in your, in your spirit this morning. This is what the Word says. John chapter 1, verse 4, the Word was the source of life. And this brought light to people. The Word was the source of life. The Word was the source of life. 
If we want to live, then let's be filled with the source of life, the Word of God. The Word of God brings with it revelation about who God is and what He's done for us. Because God's not a, like a, a, a schizophrenic or, or anything of that nature. He, you know, what He's done for one person, He'll do for other people. In fact, that's why we have Testimony Sundays here at the church, is because we want to hear the stories of how God has broken through in someone, someone's life. And we can say... I need that in my life and therefore I'm going to attach faith to what God has already done in their life to believe that he can do what he's done in their life in my life. That was a long way of saying it, but we got there. That's, that's the whole point of it. That's why we've got the Word of God. The Word of God points to where God's done something in the past. And you know what, what God's done before? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that what He's done in the past, He can do in the future. He can do in my present. He can do in my today. That's why we need the, the source of life in our lives. To be filled with the source of life. To allow the source of life to issue out of us, not to, to, to bash people up with, but to reveal the love of God, the life that brought light to men. So this light actually shines away. This is the way to healing. This is the way to restoration. This is the way to, to prosperity. This is the way to, to seeing your relationship restored and healed and set free. This is the relation. This is the how you... Um, It's, it's, God, it's in God's word that we find the source of life. And his name's Jesus. And his name is Jesus. His life lights the way to salvation, healing, restoration, and to fulfillment. We can see that God is a saving God. He's a healing God. He's a redeeming God, a generous God. A, he's a loving God. He's, a, he's an absolutely gracious God. See, there's purpose in God's Word. Did you know that? There's purpose in God's Word. He doesn't just give it and say, that's, that's that, you know, that's all you got. It's just, no, there's purpose in God's Word. God sends His Word for a purpose. In Romans 15, verses 3 to 5, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. So it's been sent for a purpose. It goes on to say, the Scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. There's a purpose to the Word of God. Why wouldn't I want to be per, you know, filled with the Word of God when there's a purpose behind it? That I've got encouragement and inspiration for whatever it is I need to have in life. It just doesn't make sense not to be filled with the, the Word of God. 1 John 1.4 says, we are writing these things to you because, there's the purpose, because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. There's purpose in the Word of God. It's where, when we find encouragement and inspiration, it's in God's Word. It releases joy and hope and conviction and direction. It, re it releases life. That's what the Word of God does. 1 John 5 verse 13 says, I've written this letter to you. There, he's saying, this is the purpose of, I've sent the word of God. He says, who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. There's purpose in the word of God. It gives us a guarantee of our future with God. So being filled with the word of God 
We will have every response that we'll ever need for every attack, every challenge, every accusation of the enemy, every sickness, every relational problem, every area of lack and poverty, every dream and vision, every aspiration that you have in your life, everything that God wants to do in in, in, and through you is going to come through His Word. I've broken something here, but let's praise God anyway. Jesus' name, amen. We can live the resurrection life by being filled with the Word of God every day. God's Word causes dead things to live. I'm not sure if you knew that. But it was a word that Jesus said to Lazarus and he came out. By a word, Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead. By a word, Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness and on the cross when he said, it's finished. Satan, suck it up, baby, you're done. Well, he didn't say that, but he said, it's finished. All right. So, that's, it's finished. The res, there's resurrection life in the word of God. Romans 4, verses 17 to 18. This is what the scriptures mean when God told him. So God's word. God said to Abraham, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping and believing that he would be the father of many nations for God had said to him. He he attached faith to the word of God. He believed what God had said to him. He recognized the father's voice. And when the father said to him, baby, you're going to be a father of many nations. And he's sitting there and he's saying, well, I don't have a son. I'm what, uh, 80, I don't know how old he was. He was old. All right. And his his wife wasn't much better. So just, they were old. Okay. In the natural, it's over. In the natural, it's over. They've gone past the the child rearing stuff. It's over. It's a dead dream for them. But God said, and then they have Isaac. Then they have Isaac. Suddenly the dream lives. There's life in the dream. Then God says to to Abraham, Abraham, you know that boy of yours, Isaac? Yeah, I know. That's my boy. I want you to take him to this mountain. I'm going to show you where it is, and I want you to kill him. And I don't know about you, but that's the dream. He's the prom- He's the fulfillment of a promise, and you're telling me to kill the fulfill the fulfillment of the promise. God, you said that this is my- the son who through whom the-, the promise is going to be fulfilled. Yeah, I know that. So Abraham just believes God. Why? He's on the way there, and he says to his servants, "Wait here. We're going to be back. We are going to be back." You can read this story for yourself. It's in Genesis, just between chapters 1 and 50. (laughs) Read it for yourself. Because Abraham is of the conviction. He knows that even if he does kill Isaac, God would raise him back from the dead or provide an alternate sacrifice. That's the faith he had in his father from heaven. Psalm 145 verse 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. This is what Abraham leaned into. God, you've promised me Isaac would be the fulfillment of the promise through which I would become the father of nations. He believed God. Do you know the promises of God? 
Do you know the promises of God that have been given to you personally? More importantly, do you know the God of the promise? Do you know his character? What's God said to you maybe that you've given up on this morning? What's God said to you that can live again because God said it can? What dream have you given up on? What future have you lost hope in? What are you facing today that you need a a word from God for? What encouragement or inspiration do you need from God's word today? Where is our hope? Psalm 62 verses 5 to 7 says this, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, it says. My fortress where I will not be shaken. Who are you hoping to save you, to heal you, to set you free or to deliver you this morning? Saints, go to God for your deliverance, for your healing, for your salvation. For the word of God to fill our lives, we've got to be in it. We've got to be reading the word of God, getting getting on the inside. Sadly, though, many allow just a trickle of God's word into our lives and the likelihood of being filled is remote at best. How can you be filled with a drop a day? It's going to take a long time to get filled, let alone evaporation, let alone if you've got a leaky vessel. The Word of God brings life. It it is the source of life. It does something to us on the inside. You know, what word do you need to quote in your today? What has God said to you that needs to live today? Let let it come alive in you today and let it overflow into your dreams, into your challenges. Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and don't return to to it uh, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So my word that goes out from my mouth, says God, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. If you've been given a word and you haven't seen the fulfillment of the word yet, it's not going to come back to God until that word's been fulfilled. The Spirit of God actually uh, attaches himself to the word of God to enact the word of God, to bring power to the word of God, to empower that within you and me. I've said that there's purpose in the word of God. What is the purpose of God's word? Great question. 1 Timothy 1.5 says this, the whole point of what we're urging is simply love. Love uncontaminated by self-interest and counterfeit faith, a life open to God. Could it be that the purpose of the Word of God is just simply to open up our lives to Him? To open up our hearts, to open up our minds to possibilities rather than problems. But you don't know what I'm going through. No, God does. And he's going to give you a word if you, if you seek him. What's God already said to you? But I don't know how to handle this. I don't have any. Get a word. That's why we have this. Phenomenal dust collecting machine in some homes. There, there was an old saying, was, was it? A dirty Bible, clean Christian. Clean Bible, dirty Christian. 
In other words, like if someone who you can tell has been in the Word of God, it's got marked up and stuff. Even in that, sometimes we have all Word and no Spirit. No relationship to be able to interpret what God's actually saying. Oh. Because you see, the Word of God says how we actually get filled with the Word of God, there's an outworking of that Word. And it's called being filled with the Spirit. And that's next week. We're going to be filled. I believe that God wants us to live in fullness every day. To be full of the Word of God. And I'm going to talk the next time I have an opportunity to talk about being filled with the Spirit. Because sometimes we use the Word of God more as a a battering ram to deliver the the love of God rather than allowing the Spirit of God to help us to interpret the Word of God that's going to bring hope. Because my Bible says it's the goodness and the love of God that brings a person to repentance, not the bashing them around the ears with the Word of God. This morning, can we stand just as the team comes back? I felt God lay on my heart some things that uh, I'd love to pray with people for and make an opportunity to pray for as well. There's, uh, there's three things I felt that uh, God laid on my heart for this message. Number one was uh, a word in season. A word in season. The now word of the Lord for your situation. Something that you could hang on to in this moment. I don't know what your challenge is. I don't know what your circumstance is or what's happening in your, your world this morning. But I believe that there is a word in season for your circumstance. Second thing I want to pray for is that you would have a love for God's word. I really felt like, you know, some people just use it as a, a cure for insomnia. That... You know, they can't fall asleep, and the only way to fall asleep is to read the Bible. So they start reading the Bible so they can fall asleep. That's not a love for the Word. That's certainly allowing God's Word to help you in your circumstance, but it's not my idea of a great way of using the Word of God. Oh, well, if it works for you, that's good. I believe that God wants us to love His Word because it's loving Him. You know, it, This is how I sometimes phrase this, that it's great to read the Word of God, but allow the Word of God to read us. It's great to be in the Word of God, but let the Word of God be in us. Not to hurt and to destroy or damage relationships, but so that we can come to the Word of God because I know that Jesus loves them and He's got a great Word for them. I want that word to live in me. I want a love for God's word because I know that in that is the answer. The third thing I want to pray for is this, for God to open up your heart. I believe that the word of God is, is, is used to open us up. It's like in, in Hebrews 4, 12, it, it's the, it divides the spirit and the marrow and the bones and all that other stuff that's in there. It, it just cuts through all the arguments. But sometimes because of hurts and disappointments or unanswered prayer, Some of us have closed our hearts and God wants us to open up our heart this morning so that he can again just speak a word in season, a word of 
adoration, a word of inspiration, a word of encouragement into your life this morning. So if there's any of those areas there that you feel that, you know, hey, Gary, I'd just love for you to, to pray for me in one of those particular areas, or it may be something completely different. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm up front now, and as the team begin to sing, and Haley starts to sing now, and uh, just come forward. If you would like prayer in any of those particular areas, uh, I'd love to pray for you because I believe that God is a prayer answering God and he's, he's here by his spirit uh, and he can meet needs this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that you're here and you can set people free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.